The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Let's go ahead and look, if we can, in a message prepared for you tonight called God's Temple. We find our text from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Heidi, thank you so much. What a joy. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, verse 16. Let's read the word of the Lord. Well, you can go ahead and stand up. That's our custom. We don't want to make you feel out of place or anything. All right. We usually stand up. It's good. We're going to stand up for the reading of the word. It's a custom. If you're not able to, we understand. Just stand up on the inside. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Father, (laughs) thank you for the message tonight and the moments that remain. Move in power, may we never be the same. Move beyond the confines of our finite mind and touch us in the deepest places of our inner being. That we would be rooted and grounded, God, in the word. Your word is truth, a lamp unto a feet, a light upon our path. So release living understanding to all of us, God. Let your anointing, the unction of your spirit, the enablement of your spirit to, to preach and to hear come upon us even now. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Do you know who you are? It's a fascinating question. We just had St. Patty's Day. Anybody Irish up in here? Huh? You know you're Irish if you had if you had corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes and stuff. You didn't have that, then it didn't something you backslid from your Irish heritage or something. <laughs> I'm uh, part Irish. I called my mother. She was having, all by herself, corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes. I thought, Mom, that is like, that's amazing. She cooked her own, her own uh, Irish day. What is it? St. Patrick's Day uh, message. Uh, meal. Well, it begins with an M, at least. Praise God. Do you know who you are? Is asked ten times by the Apostle Paul. Ten. Ten times. Do you know who you are? It's asked ten times in 1 Corinthians. That's amazing. I have a feeling that they probably didn't know who they were. Amen. The problem is, is that we have a tendency to forget. We have spiritual amnesia, as one preacher said. That As a church, do you know who we are? I mean, do you really know who we are? You see, the, the church, by and large, is forgotten. It's not a social club. This is not a social club. We're not here to have a little patty cake for Jesus and go home and say we did something to ease our conscience. That's not what we're doing. The the church. Everybody say the church. Church. 
It's more than a, more than a training center. It's, it's more than a place where you just get schooled or discipled. It's more for just more than equipping the saints for work of ministry. That, that is definitely what's happening here. But what, what is the church? The church is really defined here in, in this text. Now, for the longest time before I really studied this passage, I didn't understand what this meant. He says in another place, do you not know that you're, that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body's at the temple talking about your physical body, your tent. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the church. What is the church? The Greek word there is, is naos. The, the, the shrine of God. Inner sanctum in Latin. Septuagint. You can see that word in the, in the Old Testament. It's the place where the Holy Spirit comes and abides. See, in Corinth, there's all kinds of temples in Corinth. If you study the history of, of that region, I mean, they had a temple of a thousand vested virgins, and I mean, it's just filled with idolatry. And so the church is there, and he's saying, hey, you're, you're, the, you're the temple, you're the naos of God. It's the dwelling place of God. I need to say it again. He, he's talking to Corinth, and he says, hello, hello, do you even know who you are? He says, you're the temple of God. Not the temple of the vested virgins. Not, not, the, you know, not, the, not, not all these false gods. You're the temple of God. The, the, the naos, it's literally the dwelling place of God. That's what he says to the church in Corinth. And really what he's saying about church is he's saying, wherever there's a gathered people together that love the Lord Jesus and have confessed him and have believed on him, he gave them the right to become children of God and he becomes to live in your heart, he live in my heart. And when we come together, we are the naos, the dwelling place of God in the earth. Listen, I'm just teaching you the word. I know that sounds like kind of dramatic, but I'm telling you, that's what the word is saying. This is what this is saying. So we, we don't really think of it like that. We just think, well, I'm just going to church. Where do you go to church? Let's go to church. Over there at church. I mean, it's like, like where God is. And that's why there could be so many miracles and signs and wonders. I mean, it's just like, wow. Why? Because it's the inner sanctum of God. The naos of God. And so he's telling the church in Corinth that, that, look, you're the dwelling place of God. He's telling the church in Wasilla, and I know there's other churches. Church has nothing to do with four walls. Thank God for a building. Thank God for heat. Thank God for our new building in Jesus' name. Thank God for that. The buildings are not the church. You and I, together, we, the people of God, are the dwelling place of God, wherever we gather. And you could have church in your living room. It's a place where God's presence is. We do have notes for you to encourage you to fill that in. It's a place where God's presence is. So we come together as more than just a gathering place of God's people. It's a gathering place of God's people where he abides. That's why Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. Don't, 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 don't minimize that. Meditate on that. Think about that. Man, I'm going to church. I'm going to the naos of God. I'm going to the dwelling place. I'm going to where God, where are you going? I'm going to where God is. I'm going to go worship. See, that's one of the reasons it's so weird for somebody to say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't do fellowship. It's because their salvation's all jacked. 
They don't really understand that really the gathering together of saints is crucial to your walk with the Lord. Thank you. God bless you. Praise God. Look at D. God's presence in the Old Testament distinguished Israel from all other people. And God's presence will distinguish us from all other people in the earth. It says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. It's good, to, it, it's good not to get ahead of God. Don't go where he isn't. <laughs> Fools go where angels fear to tread. Verse 16, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me if you, and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people of the face of the earth? The church is distinguished by the presence of the Lord, the work of the Holy Spirit among us. I have heard over and over and over again people say this about KC. Man, I get in the parking lot and it's like God begins to touch me. I walk in the building and there's one, I don't know, it's on whatever it is, Yelp or Welp or whatever it is, one of those review things online. And somebody put a little review on there and said, the minute I walked in the building, I almost fell out for the power of God was there. Now I'm thankful for the power of God. We might be at the Nazareth level. I think we might be ankle deep. If, we, if, you, if you want to think about Ezekiel 47, a, a prophetic picture of the outpouring of the spirit, it's just going to get bigger and broader and deeper and wider and vaster. If you'll position yourself and realize you can't, you can't just come with I, you know, having identity theft and not know who you are. Because when you know who you are, it positions your heart for greater expectancy in the spirit. So if we really are the naos of God, if we really are the dwelling place of God, then when you come in this place, when we gather, wherever we gather, anything's possible. Absolutely, positively, anything. It's probably a two-part message. I uh, met... On Sunday night, I preached in Visalia, California, places packed, and they, their worship is like, it's crazy. I mean, he's a professional musician and a producer, and the sound quality, and I mean, just professional excellence all the way across the board, but they weren't into performance. They were really into seeking God from, I mean, like all the vocals, everything. It was just amazing worship. I mean, amazing. And uh, Bishop Mark Filkey, some of you know who that is. Anybody know who Mark Filkey is? He's come here over the years for the past, oh, I don't know, 15, 16 years he's come up here. We haven't had him in a while, but he came down to, uh, to be in the service and hear me preach. He's known me since, you know, since I came in the church years and years ago. I mean, I've known him for 20 years. And uh, he prophesied that I'd be in ministry when I couldn't find my shoelaces. You know what I'm talking about? So when he found out I was preaching, he drove, got all his sons. He's got four Holy Ghost-filled sons uh, who just are on fire for God. They all got in the car, and he got his executive pastor, and they drove three hours down to hear me preach. I was so honored by that. He told me a testimony of being in San Francisco, and they, they, they see a lady who is supposedly dead. Now, they don't know. They didn't have a doctor. They were taking the pulse, but somebody else had checked her and said that she's dead. So they come up on this situation in, in, in San Francisco, his four boys and himself, this lady's lying there dead. 
and he goes, there's an ambulance that's coming and police are coming. The, the sirens are in the distance. He comes to kneel down to her and the guy that's standing there says, dude, don't touch her. He says, I'm not going to touch her. And he, he kneels down. He kneels down and he says, in the name of Jesus. And the lady goes, in the name of Jesus. And she looks up from the concrete. And as they told the story, she, she sits up she says, in the name of Jesus. And the four boys and, and Bishop Filkey says, in the name of Jesus. They all say it together. In the name of Jesus. She goes, in the name of Jesus. And she, she sits all the way up. And they say it again, in the name of Jesus. And she says, in the name of Jesus. And she stands up on her feet. Now she's standing. The guy, the guy who was there is totally freaked out. And he's like this. He's backing off. He's backing off. And these four boys are all in their mid-20s. And, and Bishop Filkey, they're all standing there. They all got a bunch of big beards, man. It's just like, they, I, I said, do, do you guys like need to be up in Alaska or something? Anyway, they're all, they would say, in the name of Jesus. And she would say, in the name of Jesus. And, and she's just kind of looking at them. And they, they start walking off. They go, God bless you. And she's all, in the name of Jesus. So she's walking after them. They walk for a whole block and a half. And in the block and a half that these five men of God are walking, this lady walking behind, repeating in the name of Jesus, they walk past alleyways. And when they walk past alleyways, more people would come out of the alleyways and start saying, in the name of Jesus. And he said, by the time we got a block and a half, it was like, it was creepy, he said. Because there's, there's 10 or 15 vagrants that are all following him saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's like, what'd you do? I mean, so it's like the, the night of the living living or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, be blessed. Praise God. Anything is possible. Anything. Everybody say Anything. Impossibilities bow the knee. If it's money that you need, if it's provision, if it's healing, if it's breakthrough, if it's wisdom, whatever you need, God has it tonight. He has it. And we're gathered here not because we're having a little, a little club, a little, a little social, a little, few little songs. And we, you know, and we're here because we are the church. We're the naos, the, the, the gathering place, the dwelling place. What one version says, the assembly of God. That's where they actually got the name. The naos of God, the called out ones, the saints. This is not some social club. But we, what happens here, the ecclesia, it's a political term. I, I've taught it to you before. How many of you remember? Ecclesia is those who've been called out by a crier. And when they make a decision or a, when they vote and declare something, then it's, it's written into law for that town. It's an ancient term, ecclesia, called out ones. The church is, the, is called the ecclesia of God. Meaning that when we gather together and we make a decision based upon the word of God, and we say, this is, this, you know, it is written, let it be done in Jesus' name, amen. That's it. So literally, you could change the atmosphere, you could change communities, you could change a nation. If people could get, if the church could realize who they are, if we could realize who we are. It was prophesied by Ezekiel, Ezekiel 43. I'll just go another moment longer and we'll do a two-part series. We don't wear you out. Keep you hungry, Hallelujah. 
Ezekiel 43 and verse 7, and he said, Son of man, this is the place of my throne, the place for the soles of my feet. This is where I live among the Israelites forever. Now let them put away from me their prostitution, their funeral offerings for their kings, and I will live among them forever. It is always, listen to me, it has always been God's desire to dwell among his people. From the garden all the way through the Old Testament. And it, it would fail. And David would, Saul would fail. And David would fail. And over and over, finally, God had to just take care of the problem all by himself by sending his only son, Jesus. All of the types and shadows of the sacrificial system, all of that pointing to the reality of the Messiah that the Messiah would come, pierced for our transgressions, wounded for our iniquity, the chastisement that brought us peace. I might have switched that around, but anyway, it's all there. Isaiah 53. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. God wants to dwell in our midst, and the truth is he does, but some of you don't realize it. And as a result of not realizing it, you don't position your heart into a place of receiving. You're the dwelling place of God here. That's what the, that's what the word of God says. And whether you feel it or not is irrelevant. You have to know it deep down in your heart and position yourself. So when you come to church this weekend, when you come for the conclusion of this message next week, come with an expectancy knowing that absolutely, positively, anything is possible. Why? Because we're the dwelling place of God. I should just give you one little warning to make sure you have a good week. He goes on to deal with, and we'll talk about it next week, but he goes on to deal with division. And he goes on to deal with pride. And it goes on to deal with if anybody who destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. Let me tell you what that means. That means if you use your mouth and you use your actions to destroy the church, the unity, and you bring division, then God will deal with you. Isn't that warm and fuzzy? Should we close in prayer? Praise God. This is my universal sign for piano. Did you get something? What a, what a great time tonight. We'll finish this. Hold on to your notes. Stick them in your Bible. Invite somebody for next week. It'll be great. Amen. The only thing that'll be different on the notes is the date. Come on, stand up on your feet. If you're full of pride, why don't you repent? <laughs> if you've been backbiting and arguing and causing strife, then stop. And I don't sense that we have a lot of that. I don't. But I also know that how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity, Psalm 133. For it's there that God commands his blessing and he pours out the oil over Aaron's head and down his beard and onto his garment. Psalm 133. 
It's, it's talks about the outpouring of the Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the, God releasing His power. You've got to realize that you, we together, gathered here together, we are God's temple, His naos, the inner sanctum of the Holy Spirit, where He comes to dwell. We're the assembly of God, the gathering of God's people, His holy ones. And don't, don't tear down your brother or your sister and don't do it. And, and don't, don't, just don't do it. Just don't speak ill over some other church. Amen. Don't do that. Listen, you can't, I've had people say, oh, we, you know, early on in my save, they said early on, I'm still saved, but early on when I got saved, <laughs> they said, oh, you need to go to this church, man. It's really on fire. That other one, that's dead over there. They're serving milk over there. You don't want to go over there. Listen, don't say stuff like that. God died for them just like he died for the other church and whatever. And just because you think they're serving milk, really by somebody saying they just serve milk is an admission of their own, of their own immaturity. Come on and smile at me. Love, love, God loves the church. He didn't, he, he, come on, he, he died for people. He loves the body. Love the body. Amen. Can you say amen? All right, we're not the only church. Praise God. Praise God for those who are, the, praise God for the Baptists. Praise God for a seeker-friendly church. Praise God. You know, you just got to flow with the revelation you have. Don't try, try to flow in some revelation you don't have. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to be in big trouble. Amen. We're just moving by, and we say, well, I know another's just way more on fire than here. Well, praise God. God called you there. Go. Bless the Lord. Awesome. We're just trying to do with what God called, showed us to do. Amen. All right. Let's ask, let's repent for being prideful. Come on, everybody's got the problem. All right. Lord, forgive us for our own pride. Forgive us, Lord, for the, our shortcomings, Lord, our fallen human nature, our flesh. God, forgive us for where we perhaps didn't speak words of life and edification. God, forgive us for perhaps using our words to tear down another. Forgive us. And let us be speaking as the very oracles of God. That as we speak, it would bring faith. As we speak, it would release grace. Helping those in times of need. May it be said of us that, you know, I never heard one negative thing come out of that person's mouth. May it be said of us like that, that we speak the truth in love because we are your God's holy people. We are God's holy people. We are the dwelling place of God. And we should live holy and righteous as we hold out the word of truth shining like stars in the firmament. <laughs> if you're not right with God, won't you give your heart to Him? Just another two minutes and the service will be over. You're not right with God. If you died, God forbid, tonight. If it was your last night, do you know for sure whether you'd go to heaven? So I hope so. That's the wrong answer. There's no way for you to make it unless you repent. You ask God to forgive you and you ask him into your life and then you begin to live the way that he has prescribed. He has a prescribed way of life. It's in the word. You, you can't love God on your own terms. If you love him, you obey his word. That's what the text says. 
And if you're not right with God, won't you give your heart to him or make a recommitment to him if you've drifted right out loud all across this place. Those online, say with me, say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. The Holy Spirit, I pray you'd fill and touch each and every one. Break every bondage. Heal every wound. Fill us, God, right now. In the name of Jesus. Take someone by the hand, won't you? What a service. Never know what's going to happen. We call Wednesday Holy Ghost Night. And if you're going to call something Holy Ghost Night, you should probably let him come. What do you think? I think he came a little bit. I'm encouraged. So good to be home. So good to see your beautiful faces. We love you guys. Let's pray for each other. Father, we thank you for what you've done. Bless your people now. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Minister. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.